Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to episode 519 of Film Bastards. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Ian Loring. I just watched a pretty dull as dishwater game of football. And um, as yeah. always, I'm joined by a dog, that a barking Foster. dog. <laughs> you need to see name, Becky. Oh, Becky Foster. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, and I think brain switch. I think the dog stopped barking now. Right, sorry. That was a bit of a car crash. That sorry. Should we start again? Let's <laughs> start again. Becky forgot to say a name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the dog wanted to inch announce her presence. Right. Oh, sorry, huh? And I just almost smacked the door in Donna's face. Then, um, God. Everything's going really well. Right. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to episode 519 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Matt Foster, hello, everybody. And Becky Foster, hello, everybody. Hello, hello, one and all. We are very out of practice, and we just had to re-record this introduction. So, it has been about two weeks since we recorded, and so uh, we have got a, a plethora of main review content for you, for you this week, if that is a plural. I suppose it is. Plethora. plethora. Yeah, definitely needs more than one. <laughs> plethora. We have a plethora of content. Con- content. Not content. I, I was... Um, uh, right. So, today... If we talk about linguistic things, right? Today, I was trying to dis- describe something that was... Basically, I, I was dismantling a, uh, uh, a steamer, clothes steamer. And I needed like a big um, wrench to take off part of it. And we didn't have one. And then I was like, right, we'll have to leave that there. And I'll have to, I'm going to turn it over and take off the valve off the bottom. So I turned it over and there was a, um, a spanner a for it uh, was, was underneath it. Oh, that's exciting. And it was stuck to the bottom with a magnet. Yeah. And then I was trying to describe and say that to somebody that it was stuck to the bottom with a magnet, but saying it was magnetised, magneted. Magnetic, and I just couldn't work out what the word would be for that. Mag, yeah, magnetized. Ma- it would be magnetized, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Or attached by a magnet. Yeah, but I got in my brain the flow of the words was for working out that. So at first I was like, magneted, magneted, magneted. It's not right. Bless you. Anyway. <laughs> Plethora. So, plethora, plethora of, of content. So, what have we got? We have got the uh, surprise uh, box office uh, smash, uh, Godzilla minus one. Uh, we have got uh, Paul King's follow-up to the Paddington films as uh, he gets to do his take on Wonka. Uh, we have got um, a bit of an all-star cast for Apocalyptic Thriller, Leave the World Behind. And um, Todd Haynes's camp, what exactly genre is it? Uh, comedy, drama, thing, uh, May, December. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna say. We are a pod syndicate uh, pod, uh, podcast. Uh, pod syndicate.com is no more. I can't speak today. Uh, but uh, please do listen to like-minded shows such as Jinchoga vs. Punter, the Rewind Project, 
um, uh, gaming landfill and others. Um, and Jesus fucking Christ, I think that'll do. Right. Um, go quickly through news. Um, A24 are doing the Death Stranding film. That film is going to make no sense. Um, well done, everyone. Good job. The game barely makes any sense. And it's got hours and hours and hours of cutscenes. This is going to have to try and do some sort of story in two, two and a half hours. Basically going to be impossible. <laughs> yep. Don't know how they do it. Don't know how they do it. Um, what else have we got? We've got other things. Um, the Boy and the Heron uh, has become Hayao Miyazaki's uh, top grossing film in the US uh, in its first weekend. N uh, number one over there last week, which is wild. Uh, but they picked their week well. There was fuck all out that week and they took advantage of it. Good for them. Um, I'm a little bit sad. I'm so I'm, I'm seeing it on Wednesday. They're doing like a one-off IMAX showing. Yeah, you are right. Um, yeah, but it's the subbed version and I'm a little disappointed because apparently Robert Pattinson's portrayal of the Heron is <laughs> batshit and I'm <laughs> quite up for that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe I go see it again and watch it dubbed. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I tell you what, like advanced screenings and stuff are a bit bonkers this week. Like Odeon have got Ferrari tomorrow night. Yeah, I've just um, seen and Ferrari it, on Tuesday night at, at City Screen. Yeah, there, there you go. And then... City Oh, so they've got their screening. They've got their screening on Tuesday. Cool. Okay. And then you've got The Boy and the Heron and Priscilla yeah. uh, are both playing in Odeon on Wednesday. Um, And it, yeah, it, it's... You know, Nate's Goal Wins had like a secret screening kind of like last week. Um, it, it feels like you could pretty much get your entire Christmas and New Year watching out the way if yeah. you put your mind to it. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got any anyone but you on Boxing Day, mm. um, which is apparently good, is the initial word. It's yeah, I've, good. I, I've heard it. It's just, it's, just, it's just good. It's just a, it's just a fun film. Are you, are you seeing yeah. Ferrari then yeah. this week? Yeah. Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna watch it. Uh, I'm gonna go watch it tomorrow. I've been, I've been cleared too. So, uh, yeah, uh, very looking forward to that. Very looking forward to it. Um, Golden Globes, as well, just briefly. Um, so, I don't like the fact that the Golden Globes is now owned by the same media company that owns Deadline and the Hollywood Reporter. So they are just going to become pure, yeah, like advertorials for the Golden Globes going forward. I, um, I did think there was a lot more about the Golden Globes coming <laughs> like from film press last week than normal because usually it's like, oh, fuck off when the Golden Globes come out. <laughs> yeah, and it, I, I don't know, it's interesting. It seems like the industry has been pretty quick to welcome it back you yeah. know basically just because it's a very public step on the the oscar trail i'm i'm it's easy to be cynical about the golden globes i think it's easier when you know 
they've put some new people in there and gone, yep, yeah, everything's better now. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. There were a lot of people who were, would not go anywhere near it a couple of years back who are now seem to be perfectly okay to go near it again. And I don't, I still don't quite know what they've actually done to uh, change things up. Yeah. But it's held in a different place. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and I, I mean, there's there's some, there's some interesting there's some interesting nominees. Um, I mean, I I kind of highlighted this to Mark already, but Barry, Barry Keegan getting fucking leading actor in a drama nod for drinking cummy bath water in Saltburn is um, something. I mean, that was actually what it said on the nomination, as it um, should. Yeah, yeah. Um, what you what know, I will I, say is, we talk about this. Um, Quite quite a bit in terms of like for young people going to watch films, but like I work with quite a lot of young people, and I am shocked at the amount of them that have been to see. I, I spoke to them about talked about films quite a lot, um, but the two films that that like large groups of them have have gone to see that they spoke about most have been Napoleon. Loads of them went to see Napoleon and Saltburn. And they've all said the same thing about Saltburn. It, it, and they've all said, it's one of the most disturbing films I've ever seen. And then I'm a, I'm a little bit like, I gather round, children, and let me tell you about. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, I mean... It's a, it's a fair comment, not, that they're all like... Yeah. They, they, you know, they, they, this isn't a criticism of them. It's just, you know, they, they're all... There's a few of them are quite interested in films... Uh, but it is quite—I I wouldn't call it disturbing. We found it quite funny, and we both really enjoyed it, didn't we? Ian? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, like, I was explaining Sala to one of them. Mm. <laughs> wow! And, and they were looking at me, and he just went. And there was, well, so it was two of them, and they went, "Sorry, can I just stop you?" Went, "This isn't a film. You're taking the piss, aren't you?" I was like, "I'm really not." I had to find it to show them it. You told him about boxing Helena. Um, I did tell one of them about boxing Helena as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's Serbsky. Yeah. So yeah, it, but I, yeah. I, that's why I just found it, it, it quite yeah. amusing the fact that, that it, 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 but everyone seemed to really like it. I think that's one I need to get boxed off before end of the year. Saltburn, I think it. you do. Yeah. yeah. It, fairly sure that's on Prime from Friday. Boom. I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, like it's an it's an Amazon MGM film, mm. so it's done. You know, thing. it get yeah. It, it's it's made its money. Cinemas are perfectly happy to let it go on Prime now, anyway. But yeah, yeah, you should yeah you should give it a go. Um, but you know, Barbie and Oppenheimer kind of dominated. Um, Ferrari got shut out, um, and um, Ava DuVernay's new film. That I, I swear people just seem to be trying to make happen. It's a film called Origin. Well, yeah, which... we watched the trailer recently. Um, like today, and it, it, it slight spoiler for trailers, but it's just Ava Duvernay needs to stop just making films that she thinks are really important because now it just feels cynical. It doesn't feel like she's trying to portray anything it just seems like she's desperately trying to show how much she thinks about things 
She needs a hit. Is what you know, and I think I think she was kind. She was obviously trying for that with a wrinkle in time, but that film is just batshit. But again, it kind of that feels like a film made by someone who doesn't know kids. It's like kids will like this, Maybe. will they? Yeah. Have yeah. you have you met children? Yeah. Well, no, quite. I, yeah. Ex- exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah. Golden Globes, Sunday, January seventh. Real fucking. Hell. fucking <laughs> soon um so yeah there you go um and i think the oscars the oscars aren't until march i think that i i want to say they're like the sunday after i come back from bahrain i think it is um, i think they are march this year yeah i think it's the first week yeah uh 10th second weekend in march yeah Slay. yeah it's, yeah yeah it's that sunday then um right okay cool um Oh, I might not be able to get that Monday off work. Well, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. Um, right, okay. So let's move on. Let's talk some trailers. There have been trailers. There have. Um, I will just say, um, Eddie Murphy looks awake in mm. Beverly Hills Cop. Axel Foley. Have you seen the thing about the jacket? <laughs> no. So you know like he's wearing the Detroit jacket. In it. Yeah. Um, apparently. Apparently, he's not happy about that. Why? What about the fact you can see him wearing the jacket in the trailer? No, because no, the fact that he had that the, the, they brought the jacket back. He, apparently, he was a bit like, "Don't see the point. Why would he still have that jacket? It's just it's, it's a fair comment." And, and saying, well, it, you know, it's his jacket. He went, Does anybody associate Axel Foley with that jacket? I just don't think they do. He said, but they insist I wear the jacket. But I just. I don't know. I wore the jacket in the end because they convinced me to wear the jacket. But I just don't think Axel Foley would still have that jacket. I just think he'd have changed jackets by now. He raised a good point. I could man. And, and, and they said, well, why did you wait? He said, well, I'm a professional. And they said, wear the jacket. I made my comment. And they went, we'd still like you to wear the jacket. And he went, fine, I'll wear the jacket. Fair. <laughs> right. Who's this fucker directing it? Mark Molloy. Um, I just I I love the fact that, that his thing was just I'm a professional. <laughs> they said wear the jacket. I wear the jacket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It feels a little bit like they went went Eddie will give you fifty quid and he's gone. I'll wear the jacket. <laughs> Fucking hell! Right, the the director feature film debut. Um, previously directed commercials. Yeah. Yep. The thing is about this, the trailer's not great. It looks like a Netflix film. It looks like if you if 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 you took Beverly Hills Cop two, and then just like watched it on half speed. (laughs) I'll I'll say right now, Kevin Bacon, fake bad guy. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, actual bad guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I am looking forward to um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and uh, Eddie Murphy kind of bouncing off each other because <laughs> I have a feeling that could work. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I mean, it it looks fine. Yeah, that's it. It looks, it looks fine. fine. It I, like again, there's got to. It's just there's got to be a, a reason Paramount were like, yeah, fuck it, let Netflix have it. 
I just, I just think that they just thought, you know what, we just can't be bothered. It just feels like a coming to to America situation for me. Yeah, and coming to America was was fine. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> and I think I wrote a better ending for it. Yeah. Than than the actual ending that happened. But yeah, the, I still remember the ending that should have happened. She should have bought the barber shop. And the uh, the barber, the last thing of it should have been well, why you saw the shop, and it should have been him saying because I sold my brownstone for uh, four million dollars. Because he says at one point in it, my brownstone's worth four million dollars. They're like your brownstone is worth shit. You remember that film significantly better than I do. <laughs> I remember that film yep. significantly better than people who made it probably. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Deary me! Wow. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what else have we got? Um, the American Society of Magical Negroes. What? What? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a genuine film. No, it's not. <laughs> the American Society of Magical Negroes. No, it's not. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got Justice Smith in it. No, it doesn't. And David Alan Greer. It was a guy I like. No, I doesn't. like watching. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Do you know what it's about? Aaron is recruited no. to a secret site of magical black people who dedicate their lives to the cause of utmost importance. Do you know what the utmost important is? Making sure white folks feel comfortable. Because when a white person fe- doesn't feel comfortable, bad shit happens to Negroes. <laughs> that is literally in the trailer, isn't it? Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily feel comfortable with this film. They addressed the, the what is it in the trailer? Yeah. The thing is, I will watch it for the simple fact is it doesn't look very good. Is no. what I'll say. Do you like Justice Smith? But though? I really think Justice Smith is a really fucking charismatic, watchable screen presence. Mm. My parents, on my recommendation after telling them that I've watched it like four times already this year, have watched Dungeons and Dragons again last night. Nice. Just out there advocating the shit out of it. Um, are we saving um, like another big one for, for you to get angry about, Ian? What am I getting angry about? Uh, fuck it, let's do it now because I don't think I've actually seen that many more to be honest. Well, there's June part two. I'm not going to get angry about that. No, June part. June just looks fucking great, doesn't it? I kind of want it just to happen now. I just want to inject it into my fucking brain. Yeah. First of March. Yeah, it's not long. It's not long now. They're starting to ramp up like the the promotional beats for it as well. Wasn't it supposed to be like mm. now? We should have seen it by now. Yeah. <laughs> I want it. It's weird that like. It's not often that you get a film that's significantly better than the book no this is significantly better than the book yes in my opinion don't get angry with me people but Frank Herbert can fuck off Mm. what else have we got right fuck it I'm going to say it Ian if yeah 
from oh. the imagination <laughs> of John Krasinski. <laughs> oh, fuck, I blocked that out. Um, right, yeah. Um, from the imagination of John Krasinski comes imaginary friends that it looks like if you typed in imaginary friends into Google, you'd get them in the image searches. Yes, it, um, it, it, it genuinely is. It, it, if, if you were to throw it into an AI fucking generated thing and said, create me some imaginary friends, these would be the ones that it would do, including the one that's invisible. Uh, I, I, yeah, look, nobody, oh, from the imagination of John Krasinski, right, yeah, okay, first off, he didn't write the Quiet Place films, but he's primarily known as, like, being the director of the Quiet Place films in terms of filmmaking, like, in terms of behind the camera. Yeah. So, from the imagination of John Krasinski for a family film barely makes any sense. Um, is, is it because, like, is it just a play on the fact that they're imaginary friends and it, it's just a, a joke that's landed badly? No. No, because he, I think he wrote and directed this. This feels like um, Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Yeah. Um, or, like, I don't know, what's another hubristic family film where it's like I wanted to make something for my kids it's it's got it's got I wanted to make something my kids could enjoy energy to it yeah Uh, do little yeah that yeah that's a that's a good shout as well it just it'd be great if John Krasinski could fuck off that's all there is there is a little bit of an element of of that yeah I, I, I want the film to be bad. Like that that's that's the thing. I want people to not have a good time with it because I want him to go away. You mean tall, handsome American film and television star John Krasinski? Oh duh. He can't he, he can't right. do that. He's no Tom Atkins. He's no Tom Atkins. The the moment he did that some good news thing during COVID. Yeah. And then ended up selling the concept to like some fucking network or internet company or what something. It, what it Quibi or something like that he sold it to. Oh, I hope so. It was something like that. that. It was something it wasn't quite Quibi. There was another one that happened around COVID time that made that Liam Hemsworth movie. You know that Liam Hemsworth movie that was basically like little two-minute shorts and then it's now on Prime as like an entire fucking movie put together? It might have been Quibi, actually. Yeah, but that's, that's what he sold it to. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... I, I, I think there's something so fucking insidious about making something just designed to lighten up people's lives for like five minutes at a time during a really fucking harrowing period for humanity and, and then, then a it. month down the line selling the fucking idea yeah I, it, it just it, 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 it it's weirdly and i'm gonna come to somebody uh, who i normally wouldn't come to that much to defend even though i don't actually mind him but it was it, it's one of the reasons why um like jamie oliver said that his publishers were coming to him saying write write the right right and he said said, said somebody actually said to me in a meeting 
write write the COVID cookbook. He said, and it's the only time in a professional meeting I've ever lost my temper. And I went, and he said, Jim Robinson, I turned the guy and went, fuck off and get out of this room right now. <laughs> Good. Yeah. He said, I, he said, I did those things because it was all, it was something I could do. It was something to keep me and my family, or is it, and I could share these ideas and just this time with people. I'm not going to write a fucking cookbook and make money off something that was horrible and that, that people had tough times with and died. You know, yeah. um, and that yeah, me with Jamie Oliver. but he was very much like it was just for that, you know, it was off the cuff and it was there, but yeah, but like, you know, Krasinski just came up with an idea and then fucking sold it to a streaming service, an app streaming service. Mm. I, yeah, I just I, decide I, if you're gonna it, be it, in fucking Fantastic Four or fuck off. I don't even want you to be in mm. Fantastic Four, I just want you to just, just stop tickling everyone's fucking balls about it. Back to Jamie Oliver for a second. Did you hear about the 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 thing with him and Jake Humphrey in the week? No, the mouth of the South. Right. So Jake Humphrey got that performance, uh, that podcast high performance, um, and he like so Jamie Oliver was on the, the Chris Moyle show on Radio X, and it was like, oh, it, it, Chris Moyle's like, oh, we got a question from a. Uh, from a listener, Jake Humphrey. And it's literally like this voicemail of Jake Humphrey, like really quickly, like asking him if you're going on his like high performance podcast. And it's like, you know, he's tried, he's tried asking him before and he's never been able to get a response. Blah, blah, blah. And it, this doesn't actually seem to have been staged, but Jamie Oliver's just like, no. <laughs> and it, I, I like, I, I like, it was like Jake Humphrey just put like trying to kind of like do it publicly so he'd look like a dick if he said no and then Jamie Oliver's just like no and Chris Morris just starts fucking pissing himself and then they move on <laughs> I, I, I mean it's it's very good it's full of the, the fact that because Jamie just doesn't need to do anything he doesn't want to do because he's incredibly rich <laughs> Yeah, no, quite, and I, I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I just like that. Actually, no, fuck you, fuck <laughs> off. Um, I just, I do want to quickly just Google it just to make sure it's nothing's come out saying, oh, actually, they're mates and he's going to be on it next week or some shit. Um, here we go. Uh. Unbelievable. In case you don't bump into each other, let's I'll record this, we'll play it to him. Jamie Oliver, please can you come on the high performance podcast and please can you get Chris to get you to say yes or no live on the radio so therefore it's contractually binding, we don't pay a fee, thanks. Okay, there you go. So let's do some questions. Go for it. The first one comes from a man called Jake Humphrey. Hi, Jake. Okay, and it goes like this. Jamie Oliver, please can you come on the High Performance Podcast and please can you get Chris to get you to say yes or no live on the radio so therefore it's contractually binding. We don't pay a fee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, brilliant. Uh, sorry, Jake. There you are. <laughs> Good. Yes. Good. Good. Sorry, I, I, uh, that's tickled me. Um, so, yes, do, anyway, do, Jake Humphrey, where were we? Do we have any other trailers, or, 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 or can we talk about a, a big lizard? Are we spent, are we? Are we spent already? Um, yeah, all right. Yeah, okay, let's move on then. Right, so, first review for this week is going to be 
May December, directed by Todd Haynes, <laughs> starring Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, and uh, Charles Melton. Uh, IMDb says 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under pressure when an actress arrives to do a research for a film about their past. So, Todd Haynes is a divisive figure here on Film Bastards. Um, despite the fact that I only, re- I only really love one of his films, but it's one that comes up quite often. Uh, May, December, played at Cannes. Very good reception. It's getting some awards buzz, kind of. Like, weirdly, Charles Melton seems to be getting most of it. Well, maybe not weirdly, just when, you know, it's Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. Um, Becky, we'll start with you. May, December, how'd you take to it? I didn't finish it, so I think that says a lot. I was meant to finish it today when my parents came round and then they left. And I was like, I could watch May, December where nothing has so far happened and Julianne Moore's putting on a funny voice. Or I could decorate my How far through did you get? Um, the son. She's, Natalie Portman's talking to the lawyer in the diner and the son's singing. Oh, and the, yeah, the singing son comes along. Okay, yeah. It, honestly, okay. it was just too low energy for me to give my time to. I was I was not enjoying it. I don't like Todd Haynes, apart from like the one good thing that he's done, which is Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. You really um, like Superstar, Karen yeah, Carpenter story, like, yeah. But that's only because it's innovative. Everything else he's done, like, nah. Um, and I don't really like his sympathetic take on grooming, so um, I've decided to dip on this one. Apologies. Okay, all right, no worries at all, Mark. Right, the thing is, I didn't, I, I didn't dislike May to December. So May to May December, not I keep saying May to December, and. There's one really, really good performance in May December, but it, it it literally should be called May December, the movie where nothing happens, because I don't think it would sell very well if it was called. That. <laughs> but it, but it, at least it would be true. Nothing happens, like nothing happens at all, and it kind of teases that things are going to happen. But then nothing happens, and then it finishes, and the end of it is just it. It's it just feels so. Please get over yourself. And the thing is, it's such a shame because Natalie Portman is fantastic in it. Is she? Does she get better? She's in it brilliant because she's just like a fucking no. She's blank page up to the point where I watched it. The guy that played the kid that got yeah groomed was. But as an adult, was the best thing in it up to where I saw it. You see, it. everyone keeps saying that, and I thought he was crap. Mm. Um, no, I, I thought Natalie Portman was fantastic in this. And this is coming from me, who usually has problems with Natalie Portman. Mm. But I, I thought she was great. And, and, and just she, just her... Just the insidious way that she's kind of like secretly prodding at them all. Just to get a little bit more information out of them. And just kind of everything she's doing is is not even to be a dick. It's just because in her mind, it's part of the process that she needs to play this character is to kind of get these emotions out of them. But beyond that, just nothing happens. It's just it, it's 
it, like I think like you said a bit before Ian, there isn't even a genre doesn't even break out in it. It's is it like slice of life? No, it's just I have I, it, it. It's there's all these plates get spun round, and then at some point someone comes in and just just lifts the plates carefully off all the poles <laughs> and just stacks them up and just walks away with them, and you go. What? So they're not even going to fall on the floor or anything. You're just going to pack them away. And they pack them away in a box. And then at the end of it, you get to see him taping up the box and writing the address down on the box to send it back to the star. That's it. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, it's... Some stuff does develop in the second half. You know, like Natalie Portman's almost just like gossipy bitch who really lives for the drama. Um, Like, I don't know, trying to find her truth. Um, by shagging Charles Melton. Um, but it, it, whilst... Even that happens, and then just literally, it, it, she she it, she, yeah. she wipes away his what is it from between her legs, and then they have a bit of an argument, but not even about that, just because she's a bit like I kind of just want you to go now. So is she just doing it to like get in character? Yeah, yeah, basically. It yeah, and then you know it's. I will say it's quite a good joke at the end where and like i have to thank george for this because i didn't quite get it at first but where it's then just take after take of her doing a scene in the film with the guy and she's shit yeah and it's so it's like all this kind all this kind of work and all this kind of like drama and intrigue and research and then she's shit but then but then they they hint at that Throughout the film, that she's actually yeah. a, a, a crap actress who's in trashy bits, and you you think that the, in the throughout the entirety of it that it's going to be like this. This is her breakout. Yeah, right? because they're talking. No, no, that, 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 but this is uh, this is like a serious independent movie because they, they they're talking at other points about this TV movie that's being made, and they even show Bunny is footage from the TV movie. So you think, ah, oh, right, this is the real story. And then you find out it, it just looks as trashy as the TV movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Charles Melton, there's some kind of interesting stuff there where, you know, and people have been talking about this a lot, but it's like he's kind of like emotionally stunted and he's kind yep. of walking around hunched and whatnot. And I think he's actually really good. The, the, the scene where he's getting high with his kid and he's mm. just freaking the fuck out um i i I thought was good i thought he was good the performances are decent like julianne moore kind of is decent yeah i I agree with that and julianne moore's he's very good but she just doesn't really have that doesn't much to do no no it's just she's it kind of turns out through the film a bit of a bitch yeah which is a manipulative dickhead yeah, but, yeah. But and... She's never enough of a manipulative dickhead to get A, she never gets her comeuppance, or B, she never gets to lord it over anybody. You get that little bit of a scene of her saying, Oh, you didn't believe that crap about that disgusting lie about my brothers, did you? But even that isn't a bit of a, it's just a bit of a, uh, someone just said something kind of thing. And I, I, I was really enjoying it, it to a point about, about halfway through. And I was like, I'm, I'm really enjoying the tension that this is building, that something's going to go on. And then we just, it just felt a bit flat after that. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, the even the bit when it goes somewhere where we you had the, the two scenes where Julianne Moore is basically saying to him, "But who was who, who was who's in control? Was it?" Yeah. She keeps saying this, but I think it's who's in control. I might it might I might say the wrong phrase there. And she just keeps saying it to him, and she does it like early on, and then does it later on. And he's there going, what? "I don't know what you're talking about." Both times, like she's desperately trying to get him to admit that it was him, but anytime he, anytime he seems to be, they, anytime they seem to be alone together, um, she seems to be like emotionally unstable, like she'll mm. just start crying for no reason. And it's a really weird one. That I don't know if it's intentional within the film or not, but it is very much that she just she plays through everything. But even the point of them saying you know that she still lives in the same place, you know, why should she leave? It's like well, even the town seemed to just kind of be all right with her. But then you have the lawyer saying, "Oh no, it's just certain people." It's like, but why those certain people? Didn't she get sent, like, shit through the mail at the beginning? Yeah, but, again, just nothing ever goes anywhere. Yeah. These plates just get taken off the sticks and piled up nicely. And, and it, yeah, I the way that the first five, ten minutes where that score is, like, going off yeah. and you've got Julianne Moore, the we-don't-have-enough-hot-dogs moment, mm. where... In isolation, the, the thing is, if it did more of that, I kind of get it. But like, that's just this really odd laugh moment, which doesn't happen again all that much, or at least not in that kind of like wang it in your face kind of obvious. You're supposed to laugh at this, um, and you know, I mean, like Todd Haynes has said, like there is shit in this film that you are, you know, you are supposed to laugh at, but then. There's also a lot of very, very, very serious stuff as like drama as well, and it. But by the end of it, you're right, Mark. It's just at a place where you just go, and yeah, that, that's that's it. And it just feels a little bit wasted. The fact that you've got you know really talented people in it, really good performances of a story that just doesn't seem to actually. It's. It seems so desperate to not try and explore the actual crux of the story or pass any judgment on it or even really discuss it in any way at all. Mm. Mm. You know, and I know I joked about it leading up to, to, to the film that it was basically, it was the what happened, it's the, it's the spiritual sequel to That's My Boy um, for that. But... Weirdly, the Adam Sandler movie "That's My Boy" deals with the the morality of this situation better than this film, and that isn't something yeah. I genuinely thought I would say. Yeah, no, and also right, at least no. shit I... happens in that film. It's not good shit, but stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But I mean, like. The performances are good. I, on, honestly, Charles Melton, like I don't remember having seen that guy in anything before. In interesting presence has obviously got something to him. Um, but 
Yeah. Like, God, oh God, I'll never watch it again. God, why um, would you? Yeah, I mean that that that's it. There is a question of why would you to it? Is, yeah, it, 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 it it's three out of five for me in the sense that I thought that genuinely thought Natalie Parton was fucking great and she deserved a better movie around her because her, like you say, just playing a, a just just a bit of a like a twat who's just trying to just. Try to fucking tip the boat one way or another, but not because she likes the drama of it or anything like that. It's just because that's her way of kind of getting a little bit more for her, for her character, for her art. And then it fact her that her art's a bit shit. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. And the fact that she starts gradually talking a little bit more like Julianne Moore. But then the weird thing mm. there is that you said there, Bex, in the part that you, that you watched, what they had to do there was. Julianne Moore had to put on a voice so that they could both try and mimic the same voice. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I, I, I get, and that makes sense. But it's just... It, I don't know, the, the energy level of the entire film never really goes like... like if, if it was an equaliser, it wouldn't ever go beyond the green level. It wouldn't ever go to red. It just ticks along at green. There. Just nicely, just nicely balanced. Like a smooth walk. But, yeah, look. It's not supposed to be a smooth walk. No. No, definitely not shit. There's, There's too much quality in the performances of it, but... Yeah, I don't know. It kind of feels I, like one that's slightly coming and going, and I'm not. I'm not surprised. I'm touching cloth on it in the sense that it, the performances. I mean, I can't even say really that Julianne Moore's performance is that great because she doesn't do anything. But she's no, fine, no, no. But she's Julianne Moore, so that was always going to happen. Um, Natalie Portman's fantastic in it, but this it, it's 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 just barely a film. So I, I'm touching yep. cloth on it. I, I'll be honest, I didn't put out any um, polls questions today because I was at work from like half six this morning and then literally got straight home and I, I don't have a good signal at work. So I apologise, audience, for that. And we will get back on the polls and questions for next week. Cool. But our audience poll was uh, 100% agreed with Mark. <laughs> nah, that would never happen. No. Okay, one down, three to go, and what we've been watching. Um, pardon me. By the way, I'm going to do seventeen films that I need to talk about this week. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to do all the reviews, and then we're going to see what kind of time we've got after, and maybe we're going to have to like do some catch up next week. Yeah, I, I, I can speed round quite a lot of mine. Don't worry. Cool. Okay. Wonka is directed by Paul King. And stars Timothée Chalamet. Um, oh, this is in a weird fucking order. The IMDb. Um, Callaway. In... Sorry? Callaway plays Noodle. There you go. Um, Nothing rhymes Tom Davis, with Olivia Coleman. Sorry? Nothing rhymes with Noodle. Poodle. Patterson Joseph, Matt Lucas, Matthew Bainton, Keegan-Michael Key, Jim Carter, others. 
So, 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 Wonka is... With dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate, a young and poor Willy Wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers. I'm going to start this one. Um, I was very, very hungover when I watched this. So there is a slight I was hungover edge to my review. However, I was very, very in the mood for this. I thought that a nice musical from the director of Paddington would would be quite soothing um I think this film is fine I think it's absolutely fine um I think people have maybe gone a little bit weirdly nuts for it but it feels like Paul King diluting himself a little bit uh there are moments I enjoyed everything Hugh Grant was doing, and I'm sorry that apparently he had a bad time filming it. Um, songs were fine. Timothy Chalamet's voice was fine. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just thought, cool. They've 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 got some IP here. I didn't really feel any real kind of magic and i was disappointed it's a three out of five straight down the line fine film now i think becky's been wonka pilled but i don't know for sure becky yeah i think i don't know i charlie and the chocolate factory was one of my favorite films as a kid i absolutely adored it and, and I think that it pulls a lot from that. It is very much a spiritual prequel to that movie rather than just an origin story of Willy, origin story of Willy Wonka because it obviously it features the same songs, the Umpa Lumpa songs are the same format, the dances are the same format, blah, 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 blah. Um, the bit at the end where um, he's at the abandoned castle and like they are co-imagining the factory coming up around them and it's the factory from the Gene Wilder movie. It, honestly, I teared up a little bit. You did a little bit, yeah. Like, it, it's just... I, I, I 100% disagree with you. I think it is really magical. <laughs> I think it gets the tone spot on. I think um, the saltiness of Hugh Grant's Umpa Lumpa is very much on brand for the... It's... As a film in its own right, if the Gene Wilder movie didn't exist, it I'd probably agree with you. It's probably fine, but I think it 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 very cleverly pulls nostalgia from that movie into it. Um, but I think Timothy Chalamet is great in it. He's believable as a young Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. Um, he's he manages to do what Johnny Depp absolutely fucking failed to do in his go at it, which is be quirky and eccentric, but not fucking creepy. Um, like even just down to like the little rhymey bits in it, like it it it, it like when he's on about the washing machine thing, and he's like, oh, Willy Wonka's wishy washy dishy doshy. Blah, blah, blah. Please don't make me say that again. It's just it, there's just so so many nice little touches, and he's so charming. Like, and he's, he's just, 
I, I just yeah honestly I, I fucking loved it it was it was just heartwarming balm for the soul balm for the soul yeah yeah mm. um, and what was the other bit Rich Fulcher in it oh Bob Fossil <laughs> I very much enjoyed that, especially when they were making all the references to him being at the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that did seem like Simon Farnaby yeah, has put that in on purpose. Yeah, that was 100% there on purpose. Um, oh, there was another bit that I like teared up at and I can't remember what it was. But yeah, I just I just thought it was lovely. It's, it's this year's um, Greatest Showman for me. I thought it was lovely uh, and I would like to go see it again. Okay. All right. Good. I'm glad. Uh, yeah. And uh, this is the thing. I, I think you know it's not universally beloved. I don't think I'm the I'm the only it's fine voice out there, uh, which is something. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently on this one, uh, uh, overall, I have been. But uh, Mark, where where are you landing? I. The thing is, I really enjoyed it. I admit it probably lacks a banger. I think the songs are all okay, decent. I don't think there's any one where I was watching, where I was, I was when we were watching it, I was thinking, yeah, this is what I'll probably try and just fucking mentally skip when we rewatch it. Um, but I, I could very much feel uh, Neil Hannon's footprint on it, uh, lyrically. Uh, but but then again I think part of that is unfortunately I don't think there is an absolute this is a fucking stone cold banger of a song I I think as well I I always find it interesting the fact that I think people think that Timothy Chalamet is a different he's different to what he is I think people think that Timothy Chalamet is almost like this um, mildly sort of like pretentious and quite Quiet and thought blacked and he's not. He he's a very good actor. He's all that, but he's he he is game for a bit of a laugh and he's fun and he's charismatic, and that's what he is in this. I think you expect really good actors to be quite self serious. Yeah, and he's and not. He's, he's just a really good actor who isn't. But, but like you look at like the last few years for him, you've got Dune, Bones and all, and then this yeah. like so diverse but he slays in every single one it's the relationship he has with the with um, with Carl Lane mm. there it, he has that it's almost like this big brotherly relationship that he's got with her yeah where he's just it, it, and he's I, I think the, I, I like the fact that we've mentioned it before this the recent trend of Nags Core that, uh, that Ted Lasso has brought our way. Um, and, and I think that, that Paul King is very into that. Yeah. And I also like that it's an unabashed, it, it, it's a family film that Paul King wants kids to enjoy as more than he wants the, the adults to enjoy it. Yeah, I'd have loved this as a kid. I'd love it as a kid. I enjoyed it as an adult. I think adults will enjoy it. But it, 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 he's very much... He makes family films. Mm. There's, there's, you know, there is the occasional, you know, bit that one for the grown ups bit, but it's not littered with them, mm. and it's not, it's not just that. And I, I, it's clever, you know. Sam Padme is a clever writer in, in this. You know, the horrible histories thing that he's written 
over time. He's a boosh guy as well, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, nah, I, I, I just... I don't like Willy Wonka. I don't like... I, I don't really like Roald Dahl stories in general. Even take away the fact that I don't like Roald Dahl. <laughs> I don't like his stories. They're too quintessentially British for me and I don't like that. It's not a vibe that I, I tang with. Um, but I, I had a good time with it. It's not fucking amazing or anything like that. But I had a full enough time with it. I like the fact that it's it's in and out in under two hours. It's rare now for a movie like this to not be two hours 15 yeah. minutes long. Yeah. I thought Keegan-Michael Key was great as the, the, the copper guy. I thought he was really good fun. Yeah. The other bit, though, is the word chocolate is just an odd word to hear and be said that often. It, it just, it's a bit of a uh, word. <laughs> you know, like some people are weird about the word moist. Yeah. yeah. Chocolate for me is a little bit like, can we stop saying it? Because it's kind of, it's making my teeth itch a bit now. And it, it, it's a movie literally about chocolate. What's wrong with chocolate? I don't know. It just starts to, it's it starts to make me recoil a little bit. Chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate. Yes. Chocolate. Fuck off. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit of that. It's just it becomes nails on chalkboard a little bit for me. Do you not like eating chocolate? I, I'm not even that big a chocolate fan. Is uh, it the smell of chocolate no. or is it the taste of chocolate? Don't mind the smell because I come from York and you can't fucking get away from it, can <laughs> no, you? you? Especially if you grew up where I grew up. Yeah, like down the road. Down the road from from a literal chocolate factory. And so the entire air smell of chocolate for pretty much all of the time. I feel like Round Trees. What chocolate, chocolate did the chocolate factory make? It, it's the Round Trees factory. And what chocolate did they make? You, you, you had I don't know what chocolate times, they make, Mark. Uh, where it was different things. So sometimes you get the mint air or. In the air, and that's got chocolate. Sometimes in it. you get—I know what you're doing, guys—and and sometimes you get like the Yorky smell in the air. That's you? real chocolate. That's real. Just, that's actually chocolate. that's just chocolate. Chocolate. It's like yeah. solid chocolate. It is solid like chocolate. chocolate. But the Aero chocolate's got a really nice texture for chocolate. Yeah, like the bubbly chocolate's really. So yeah, saying, I like. That I chocolate. know what you're doing, and it, it, it's it's working. <laughs> frankly. <laughs> so I don't. I feel like Round Trees was probably not quite as magical as Wonka's chocolate factory. No, it's not. I didn't even know Roundtree's chocolate was chocolate, but I know Cadbury chocolate. Sometimes people call that fake chocolate because there's not enough cocoa in that chocolate. Yeah, there's too much fucking milk in it. Well, Roundtree's chocolate factory is not Roundtree's chocolate factory anymore. It's Nestle, isn't it? Nestle chocolate factory. Yeah, it's it's Nestle. Oh, it's Nestle chocolate. And now it's their chocolate's proper chocolate. Proper chocolate. But now it's not. It's not even. it still is. Still, the factory's still there. It's just not the original factory. The original factory is now um, apartments. The chocolate works. Yeah. Is the apartment called one. the Chocolate Works? The, the Terry's one um, at the other side of you. Oh, a Terry's Chocolate Orange. That's lovely chocolate. That is good chocolate. It it's is good like chocolate, 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 isn't it? Like That's the kind of chocolate, chocolate you want it? at Christmas. That's Yeah, it's good Christmas chocolate. Are we quite done? <laughs> <laughs> so coming back so does to the it. Round, does the Round Trees Factory make chocolate? Yeah. But it's what Nestle chocolate? Now. Nestle chocolate. Uh, well, Nestle chocolate bars. What chocolate bars the Nestle chocolate made? So, what do we got? What have we got? 
Kit Kat, Milky Bar, Yorkies, Aero, After Eights, the Mick Caramax. They don't make Caramax in that one, though. Yeah. Uh, the Kit Kats, obviously. That's got chocolate. Yeah. Is Caramax What about Kit Kat Chunky Chocolate? No, it's candy, technically. Is, uh, candy? Is uh, Caramac. Because it's, it's billed as caramel chocolate, isn't it? Yeah, but it's, but it's technically, it's, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm bored of this now. You're not reacting as you should be. No. Yeah. Carry on. Rollos, they made Rollos there as well, didn't they? So yeah, Wonka. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Um... Oh, I remember the other point at which I teared up. It was when they oh. broke out Pure Imagination. That was. It was quite well held. Yeah, back, it was. Like yeah, but it was tinkled throughout the whole yeah. movie, and it was like it was just a fucking treat. I mean, it's it's it, it, it's it's much like a coveted bar of chocolate. It's not the best use of just dropping a familiar soundtrack into things that we're going to talk about this week, but it, it, it's pretty good. Okay. Um, Olivia Coleman, like the fact that she is just full blown. I, I I'm just gonna be. A, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna lean into this. Olivia Coleman. Yeah. yeah she's great actually. Yeah. It's, um, um, Scrubhead or whatever she's uh, called. Also, I, I, can we can can people stop casting Rowan Atkinson in things? Yeah, he wasn't great, was he? He's not. He's not been great for thirty years. It's just Americans really like Mr. Bean, so they know him. Why? Mr. I don't know. Bean's Mr. Bean's shit. weirdly massive in America. That's weird. Despite the fact that that we just don't care <laughs> in this country. Chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm definitely not shit. Well, Wonka. Yeah, definitely one hundred percent not shit. Ian, you're a misery. <laughs> hey, I'm saying I'm de- saying definitely not shit. It's yeah, just it's it's fine. It's, it's, you need to watch it unhungover. It's a it, with some chocolate. It's kind of a mediocre chocolate bar. <laughs> so what's the medium level of chocolate bar then? What what are the well, like your bang bar? average chocolate bar? Yeah, your bang average chocolate bar. I think I've got it. I think I've got it. Go on, Galaxy Ripple. Nah, they're good. Bang average, though, I think. No, Yorkie, no, not. That's really good average. chocolate. Yorkie's quite average, yeah. Mm. Yeah, Yorkie's a good shout. That is average chocolate. It's I good. Know, though, I had a Galaxy Caramel the other day, and they do not taste like they used to taste. No. Not oh, sweet. really? Like, the whole thing about Galaxy versus Cadbury's chocolate was mm. that it was, like, like teeth-itchingly sweet. Yeah. And it just wasn't. It well, didn't didn't taste like that at all. It, it made was shin really switch. fucking disappointing. Mm. Yeah, mm. I mean Star Bar is the is the god tier of chocolate Star, bars. Toffee Crisps also good. Toffee Crisps is a ch- strong choice, but Star Bar is just up there, isn't it? Yeah. Star Bar is a boost that fucks. <laughs> Fair. Big fan of a double decker as well, actually. No, it gets a fuck. Only because they're too sticky for your teeth. No, well, partially, but that a chocolate bar shouldn't split into two separate components when you bite into it. It doesn't. It does. Because you're eating it wrong. It does. Split into two separate components. Yeah, like the top breaks off the bottom. Interesting turn of phrase. It doesn't. It does. It just doesn't. It fucking does. Anyway. Leave the world behind. Do you want me to stop saying chocolate or not? (laughs) Well, let's leave that world behind and do another review. Leave the World Behind is directed by Sam Esmail and stars Mahershala Ali, Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, 
and Kevin Bacon and and my 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 her la la forgive my my hala my hala my hala my hala my hala oh it's, it's fucking it's what's it Oliver again it's Journey Smollett Oliver again Journey Smollett my, my hala my hala my my hala oh okay right yeah because I just seen that she was in Bodies 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 and I don't remember seeing my hala in the credits, but she was my Hala Herald, so she's now um, my Hala. Uh, she's now known as my Hala, mm-hmm. my Hala, my Hala, my Hala, my my Hala. All right, my Hala. Um, right. What's this about? What's it about? A family's getaway to a luxurious rental home takes an ominous turn when a cyber attack knocks out their devices. And two strangers appear at their door. Mark. Yes. Leave the world behind. It's long. It's got a good ending. What do you think about before that? It, it's it's just it's just a bit crap. <laughs> Mercer is good. Ethan Hawke's good. Julia Roberts just essentially plays the embodiment of Karen. Um, and Mayala just seems to just be a bit... I just don't think... I think the female writing in this story was is bad. I feel like she's the only one, though... That feels like a real person. No, she doesn't. She's the only one that feels remotely like a real person. I, I don't know. I, all I was thinking throughout, we're all spoilers all the time, was I fucking hope that this film ends with that kid just fucking on her own. And that she, that she just, that the film ends with her watching the last episode of Friends. And it did. And I was like, I'm fine with that. But I didn't need two and a quarter hours to fucking get to nowhere. Mm. It's it's just a little bit. It's it, 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 it's a little. I think we've said all this before. It's a little bit and the movie. Yeah. It yeah. Just. Meh. So this is another one that my parents watched on my recommendation, and my dad said, "You yeah, but." You'd just need to be Kevin Bacon, though, wouldn't you? You'd no. have to. You'd have to defend like what you had, and I was like, "No, no, you've missed the point there, Dad." Yeah. Although yeah. maybe be a bit Kevin Bacon. He'd I, want a gun. I just this. We seem to spend an awful lot of time with these characters to kind of just sort of see how they'd interact, but then they just they were boring characters. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to spend that much time with them. You know, it is got, funny how the only that weird yeah. middle, that weird little middle bit, where it's almost like they're going like Ethan Hawke and Mayala go off and get bait together on a vape pen, and it's you know there's there's a little bit of oh well you know there's a little bit of flirtiness, and then they get pissed and there's a little bit of flirtiness, and it's just like why. 
Yeah, I'm sorry, Mahershala Ali is too handsome a man to look at fucking ratchet looking Julia Roberts. Do I get it? Especially when she's been an absolute cunt from the get go. Mm. What do you think of it, Ian? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was okay. Um, uh, you know, it had its moments. I don't know. It was kind of like elevated or like seeming wanting to be elevated Shyamalan. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it was kind of like Shyamalan and Jordan Peele, but the not as good as the best bits of either. Um, I did like that the only character who gets a solid character arc is that daughter. Um, uh, you, you mean but, new entry into the amazing IMDb uh, biographies? Farrah McKenzie. What do you mean? Listen to this. Farrah McKenzie's her mini biography on IMDb. This year, actress on the rise, Fire McKenzie, is positioned to take the entertainment industry by storm. She has established herself as a seasoned player in film and television, captivating audiences worldwide through the dynamic and emotionally complex characters brought to life on screen. I think Hollywood can actually just fuck off. (laughs) But, no, I mean, it's a film that takes way too long Yep. To arrive at what is basically a punchline. Yeah. It's a fun And it's a punchline. good punchline. It's a great punchline, but it would still have been as good if the movie was 105 minutes long, not 145 minutes long. Well, yeah. yeah. The lads with the, the, radi- like the radiation, like suddenly his teeth fall out. Cool. Okay, so you've got some... You got some body horror there for basically nothing but to add like 10, 15 minutes to the runtime. Yeah, you, you, you could, they could literally have taken the, 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 the brother character or the son character out of the entire film and you wouldn't have even noticed. No, no, quite. But, you know, the oil tanker bit I thought was was good. Um, The, the general nihilistic tone, like I liked the whole, oh shit, we forgot about a trailer, fuck. Civil War. I haven't um, watched it yet. Yeah. Oh, no, I haven't, I haven't watched right. it. No, Chris, I have watched it. I just forgot I watched it. Yeah. Which, it just reminded reminded me of this. I mean, yeah, for what it's worth, Alex Garland's Civil War, mm. it, it kind of feels like it's not going to be that far away from what reality could be in the US in a couple of years, apart from the fact it's Texas and California teaming up. Mm. Um, aside from that, yeah, I don't know. I could Jesus. see. I could already see people asking other people. Yeah, but are you real? What kind of American are you? Um, I I just I don't think I want to watch that film because it's just. Yeah, it's not. It's not fantastical enough. At least in the trailer, it's not. It looks really, really anxiety-inducing, but in a way where only because it's kind of just close to fucking reality rather than actual, like, potential filmmaking skill. But we'll see, because Alex Garland makes interesting films, so... I mean, I'm looking at the IMDb for that. That's that runtime they've got listed on IMDb, can't be right. Oh, God, how long is it? Three hours, 15. No, absolutely not. That cannot be right. Absolutely not. Nah, that no. can't be right. I'm oh, not watching it's that got film Carl for over three hours. In it. 
I mean, yeah, we like the, we like him. Yeah, it's got the fucking gluss in it. The the gluss, yes, uh, but no, I mean, yeah, leave the world behind. I, it, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, you know, it was fine. It was content. Um, yeah, it feels like it wanted to be more than content. And I, I you know, but, that, but at the end of the day, idea, it, it uh, is just content. Yeah, yeah. And it's a good idea at the end there. Like that realisation, it's like, fuck. It's a country kind of like, it's forces in, in the country doing it to us, like provoking ourselves. That's an interesting, quite chilling idea. But then two minutes later, it's right, okay, and here's the end of the film and that girl's going to get to watch the last episode of Friends. Yeah. yeah which... And it, right, okay, so what was the point of any of that then? Yeah, it, it is a little bit of that. And I, I, I so, it thinks it's clever, then it's got a stupid ending. It, it, a but, joke ending. But I think I think that the ending is, is them again thinking they're clever, mm. which is fine, but then you're also, as a viewer, you're watching it going, so what? So what? I mean, I think the entire movie was a bit so what. Like, I, I feel like it. I think the reason it, the the tail end of it annoys me is that it it tricks you. You've got all this tension and stuff, and you think there's gonna be something interesting happen, and then it just a kid watching Friends, and yeah, it it feels a little bit like they spent the entire budget on the oil tanker scene. And that's in the first quarter of an hour of the movie. Mm. Definitely didn't use it on the CG for the deers. No, they definitely didn't use it on the CG for the deers because the CG for the deers in fucking without a paddle is better than this. And that's a fucking Matthew Lillard comedy from 20 years ago that only I've watched since. I mean, we've watched. Well, yeah, we watched that a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but genuinely, that, to think about it, the fucking deer that scowls at... Yeah. Seth Green is better than the deers that are in this. Mm. Mm. But even that, it just it, it's it's a lot of ideas, but it, it when you don't go anywhere with them, it's not ideas, it's just imagery that has nothing. I guess you're supposed to take from it. But what what, what is it a take from the deers all appearing and surrounding them? You're asking your audience to fill in your blanks yeah. because you don't because you don't have an idea for what those blanks are. Well, I think from what like I I read some about it afterwards and it was like oh well the animal kingdom come together and work together in the aftermath of something like this whereas the, the human race just it just just sows division. Nah bollocks. Mm. Why would that make fucking flamingos go to a pool? <laughs> yeah. it, it just wouldn't. Mm. Flamingos wouldn't go to a pool and go, oh, this chlorinated water that we've never been anywhere near is great, isn't it? <laughs> no. It's just... It's nonsense. It's just... You know what? It's fine. It's no, fine. it's fine if it's 105 minutes long. Well, yeah. But it's not. It's two, and a, two, hours, like, two hours 20 minutes long. Yeah. You shouldn't. It, again, it's that thing. If you're going to make a movie that ticks over two hours with including credits, uh, before credits, you 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 have to do fucking something to earn that. Mm. And this 
just doesn't. Apart from looking at it and going, Mahershala Ali can fucking dance. I knew that before this movie, that Mahershala Ali will be at a dance. Oh, God, I'd forgotten him completely about that dancing bit. Yeah. Oh, my soul died a little bit watching that. It was so painful to watch. Not not for him. No, because he, cause he's Mahershala Ali. And he just seems like he'd be a really good like dinner guest. Yeah, he'd really elevate it, He would, he? wouldn't he? Yeah. Hugh Gavin, like, if, 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 if you were to pick the people in this movie to have round for dinner or to go out for dinner with, it would be Mahershala Ali and Ethan Hawke. Because Mahershala Ali would just be fucking... Would just be fascinating company. No, no. And Ethan Hawke would be a... He, when, when Mahershala Ali went, 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 right, well, yeah, I, I need to get off because... You know, I'm, I'm up early and everything like that. Ethan Hawke would go, let's get fucked up. Yeah, I wouldn't have Mahershala Ali there. He'd be too intimidating. He's too fucking high, bro. He's a fucking good-looking man as well, he? is isn't a good-looking man, yeah. He's a really good-looking dude. To be fair, though, so is Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke, Ethan Hawke could get it. Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. is, is, is good-looking in a, in, in a... There's a glint in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Mahershala Ali is, is just... He is one of those people you look at and go, man, the the, the the phrase that motherfucker could wear a bin bag is made for people <laughs> like Mahershala Ali. Leave the world behind. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's shit. Actually, I'm going to go shit. Wow. I was touching cloth before. I think it's shit. I think I'm probably at touching cloth. I don't, yeah, I like that ending, just like. The ending's great. I don't know. I you see it coming, and oh, I just thought it was fucking funny. It was just like, yeah, all right, fine, just cut to I'll be there for you. Yeah. After you've just watched that for two and a quarter hours. Um, you know, probably lifted it up a half star for me, to be honest. It, it, um, it's, it's the only reason why I gave it two and a half. <laughs> it's touching it, cloth for me for one reason only, and that's because of the fucking Tesla cars taking revenge on their human overlords. <laughs> That was pretty good. Um, yeah, content. Yes. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, everyone. Yeah. Made content. Right. Great process, guys. Well done. Maybe that should be a rating. <laughs> <laughs> content. Content. Right. CSVP Combat. Player one. Choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in that's the third time though. I mean, am I, is this on? Okay. Godzilla minus one is written and directed by Takashi Yamazaki. And it stars. 
Minima Hamabe, Ryunosuke Kamiki, Sakura Ando, Kuri Kurinau, <laughs> Kurano Suki Sasaki, and Munitaka Aoki. Oh, and just a great name, Hiditaka Yoshioka. What a name! Right, post-war Japan is. <laughs> Post-war Japan is at its lowest point when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster baptised in the horrific power of the atomic bomb. The the reason why um, I was just laughing there. So I just remember months ago us talking about the teaser trailer for Godzilla Minus One. <laughs> and I just, I love, I, I reckon in, in Japan it's probably incredibly poetic but just the fact that it's just like after World War Two, Japan was at zero. Here comes Godzilla to make it <laughs> minus one. I don't know. I just there's something about that that I just find very compelling. It's it, it, right. It's it, it's very. It, it's there's a very Japanesey humor to that. There's a very yeah, Japanesey humor to this entire fucking film. Oh yeah. Oh shit! Right. Okay. Um. Right, Mark, Mark. Let's let's start talking about this fucking masterpiece, and I I mean that. What did you think about Godzilla minus one? Genuinely, one of my favourite images of all time is the image that I sent to 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 you guys earlier of, of what I think perfectly describes this movie, and it's a picture of Godzilla that somebody has put over it, saying, "I don't always destroy things, but when I do, it's because they were things, and I'm Godzilla." And I think that that perfectly sums up Godzilla in this movie. He's just a dickhead. And the beauty of what this movie, and I'm guessing what a lot of the original, you know, Japanese Godzilla movies do, is Godzilla is just a dickhead who just freaking is just chaos. And that's it. They don't try, he's, he's not the fundamental character of mm. this movie. He's a plot device. He's a plot device mm. for all the characters around it. Mm. it. In that. And once you get on board with that, that he doesn't have this grand mission, he's not actually secretly a good guy. He's just fucking Godzilla. He's just a cunt, isn't he? He's just that Godzilla. Bit, the bit for me he's was where he's walking prick. across the countryside and there's this massive expanse of countryside and then a farm. And you don't even look at it. He do- yeah, he just fucking walks straight. Doesn't, could have easily sidestepped that one. Could have stepped over it. <laughs> nah, what? It, just, the, it's just, just a dick. Yeah, I'm gonna pick up this train. This 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 fucking train carriage. Gonna put it in my mouth. Stand here. Look around. No, the, <laughs> this is the thing. He's the kind of guy who announces his fucking his presence by just throwing a fucking ship at someone. Yeah, just fucking have that, yeah. and then I'll be along in a minute. That's Godzilla. He's a fucking prick. Yeah, he is. And just... But the great thing is... You're watching... The, the, the film... The, the, the beauty of the film. And a genuine, like... Not like the Godzilla beauty, but the... The, the, the kind of... The melodrama that's going on... In the actual story is... You're looking at all this... This carnage that's created. But it's not the carnage that's been created by Godzilla. Hmm. It's the carnage that's been created by man, essentially, by war. And so you've got them saying, you know, there's there's 
right, we all need to band together to stop this Godzilla because it's going to destroy us against the poetic backdrop of, holy fucking shit, have you literally seen what you've done to each other? Mm. You know, you, 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 you've got this guy that you, that you think is an enemy, but look at it, look at what's going on. But then you've got this weird kind of love story that, 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 that takes over that probably shouldn't work, but because the performances are so good, yeah. That it, it, it works. And it, it leans into the, the the effects of it. You know, the, the, it looks fucking brilliant. But then it's also got the bits where, like, ships rock backward and forward and you get actors doing the lean forward, lean back <laughs> bit. But it works within the context of the movie. Yeah. But it, it looks expensive as fuck. I love that Godzilla looks like Godzilla as he well. He looks like Godzilla. Like, He's got that... Weird blocky fucking face. That blocky face. That shocked eyes. That shocked eyes. <laughs> that cheeky fucking grin. That I don't know what grin. any of this is. Yeah. I don't give a shit. But yeah, I'm going to pick that. Well, that can get picked up. What can I do? Ah, fuck it. There you fucking go. <laughs> Have that. And the fact that he looks at every person and goes, Heh, your food. Yeah. But not even food. The opening bit is he just picks people up and just fucking throws them. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just throws a person like a hundred foot in the air. That person did not have a good day. No. I like I like the fact that it's not it's not about Godzilla, really. No. It's about man's internal war and conflict and all that kind of shit, but Godzilla's there. Yeah. Being a dick. Because did we any of us expect th- this movie, Godzilla Minus One, to, to have as much heart as it had? No. No. Um, and it goes really hard as well. Like yeah. that opening 10, 15 minutes where, you know, he's a kamikaze pilot who just decided, fuck this, we've lost the war, I'm just not going to bother, which, you know, fair enough. Then he, he won't man the gun. And then he goes back, and then that woman's like, it's because of cowards like you that my children are dead. Yeah. It's like, fucking hell. Whoa. Uh, you know, just the sheer... Like, they build up the reason why he's as fucked as he is. Like, why he <laughs> won't... Um, like admit his feelings for Nariko and what you know just refuses to. That's it. Like, like kind of like like that kid calls him daddy. He's like, I keep on telling you, I'm not your father. And that kid's like, what two? Yeah, but, but like the, the fact that you've got this film that deals with post traumatic stress disorder before post traumatic stress disorder was a thing. Mm. Mm. And you know it's, but it deals with it in a really good way. But then at the same time, <laughs> that sequence in Ginzu where yeah. Godzilla shows up and it does the old Godzilla score, yes. I basically just popped a boner straight away. It was so um, good. <laughs> just the dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. I, I, it, yeah. I mean, that entire sequence yeah. was incredible. And then... Uh, just, just do, do, you know the, what, do you know what they did? The... the, the that American studios cannot get their head around, right? It was in daylight. Mm. Mm, mm-hmm. 
it was in daylight, so it looked better mm. because it was in daylight. But no, whenever, when, whenever it's an American version of Godzilla, it's fucking nighttime and it's raining and it's everything we can do to hide the fact that we have no imagination about how to make Godzilla look, Godzilla look cool. Godzilla is just inherently cool if you like. Of course he cool. is. Uh, yeah, like I mean, an, an like American the bit studio where... making this movie as well would not have had the 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 balls to just go. Do you know what people like happy endings? Yeah, let her be alive. Yeah, I, I mean, and the thing is, as soon as it's like she got that telegram, I was like, oh fuck, that woman's going to be alive, and I was just like, oh, I'm not sure about this, but then. He walks into that room and the way he just immediately starts breaking down crying. Yeah. I was just like, fuck. All right, fine. This works. Because it works. It contrasts so well with that moment where he thinks she's dead and it, and he's crying there. And like that, whatever the fuck that is, is raining down on him. Almost like it's fucking oil or something. Um, I don't know why, but it, it, I, never th- I never believed she was dead from the moment she got swept away. It was like, nah, she's coming back. She's coming back. She's coming back. Yeah, she's. Coming back. I, I'll be honest. When he got the telegram, when she when he got the telegram, mm. I didn't connect that it would be that, that it would be saying that she was alive. That was smacking your arm and everything. Yeah, I, no, I thought that was something to do with the, um, with the other guy who the the engineer. The engineer. Yeah. I thought it was something to do with that. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't connect on that. So the moment when I realised that she was alive was when he when he was like, "Wait, where's he running at? What? What's going on?" What the fuck? And then he walks, and I was like, "Holy fucking shit balls!" <laughs> I'm so glad they let her live. But I, I was like I surprised was... when she died. It was fucking horrible. She just like pushed him, and it's like, "What the fuck, away. babe? You could have jumped behind there." It's, oh, yeah, time. that's such that. I mean, and that's such a great shocking moment as well. Like I thought, I thought that really, really worked, and it just sets him up so well for the third act where yeah. it's. Yeah, because he yeah, was like, man. just, just yeah. coming round to being like, maybe I could... Be happy. Be happy, maybe I could live again. And then she gets taken away and it's like, oh no, it's a sign from the universe. Like, no, it's not, mate. No, calm down. She's but, alive, she's all right. But then you made a really it, good point about the... Um, after the film, about the, the whole ejector seat. Mm. That it makes you think, the film makes you think that the... When he says, this is the bomb... You know, this is the bomb... Bomb safety. How bomb fake safety. does bomb safety sound? It kind of makes sense. And I was like, nice. Nah, and it makes you think that that, that, that that is the ejector thing mm. with the way that he says just before you get there and like that. But then you get it to the point of where... It, and then he pulls it and it doesn't eject. And, and you're like, going, oh my God. What the fuck? What the fuck? And then you get the, 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 the shot scene afterwards where it's like, he tells him about it. So he gets to make the decision to fucking live. Yeah. Because I, I, I said to you, didn't I? Like, I thought it was going to be... He's going to trick him into pulling the ejector yeah. thing as a kind of look, forgive yourself, I forgive you yeah. kind of thing. But by telling him it was the ejector seat, it was more like, no, you need to forgive yourself and pull this lever. Yeah. And he does. And he chooses I, I, to live. So fucking powerful. I, I, but at the same time, I did like the funny moment of you kind of think that Godzilla is just going to like swallow the plane. Yeah. And he doesn't. It just kind of gets stuck in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. And then it blows up. I thought that was great. Yeah. It's... But, it, the, just, 
the little character it's development. Super, super entertaining. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It is the you know the the you know, the the little crew that they've got. Yeah. Well, this. I mean, this is what. I've, I I don't think this year has been a good year for cinema at all. I don't. I don't think it's been a banger. No. no, and I think a lot of that is they've they've forgotten that people need to. Not everything needs to be moving the plot forward. Sometimes you need to just dither around and get to know characters, and they seem to have forgotten how to do that. And this does that so fucking well. Like all of all of the people on his little crew. Yeah. Um. Are fleshed out, despite the fact they don't have huge amounts of screen time. No. But you feel like you know them all, and you're rooting for them all. Yeah, for different reasons. But it's like, like the, when, when, the, like, what's his name, Doc? Yeah. Um, turns out to not just be this like slightly dithery, floppy head, but quite intelligent man, <laughs> but a real like big wig. Yeah, did you realize he was such a big deal? Yeah. No, not really. He's <laughs> <laughs> just great. But he's delightful. And then, like when when um, the guy brings all the tugboats and stuff, and it's like, oh look, that's his little moment. But, yeah, because because but it, but it's connect it's clever connective mm, tissue mm. because he says, why can't we just lift it up by both by the boats pulling away? It's like because he's too heavy and you won't get enough. And he's clearly thought, well, why don't we just have more boats? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just actually it kind yeah. of makes sense. Mm. I, I, and I did I did like how there are no human bad guys like the, yeah. the human bad guys are the government yeah and they're just like entirely they're, they're in the background swept aside like yeah like I, I, I thought that was that was really clever it is just like Japan's people versus Godzilla mm. and yeah that, that 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 was great yeah I, there's yeah, no big I, army intervention in the end or anything either is there is no. there it's like it's just no i mean they, they 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 get that fucking like warship that was like in singapore and it kind of like saves them but then it immediately gets fucked up as well just yeah eats that across, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah it, it fucks that up i like the fact that, that, that as well they don't wait until like ages in the film for him to go fucking full fucking godzilla on it it's really fucking quick well i was watching it and i was mm. like like with the bit on is it udo island yeah um i was like godzilla looks real small yeah but he gets more powerful yeah yeah but then i he, he literally atomic the bombs the fuck out of them like really quickly it's like all right calm down godzilla you prick jesus no escalation there you're already at fucking defcon one yeah you nasty bitch uh, it's just again. You said as you came out in your backs, it, it it's this year's triple R, mm. Mm. and it, it it is. It's just fucking mm. great. I mean, it doesn't have as many new. That's a great way of putting it. As triple R, yeah, it doesn't. But it, it's just, it's it's fucking really entertaining. Mm. Mm. It's really entertaining. And at the end, when the essentially the essence of Godzilla is still fucking beating, going to sea, you're going, "Fuck! I, I I want Godzilla minus one plus two, whatever it's going to be called." <laughs> I hope it's called that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Just yeah. honestly, did not expect this to be anywhere near as good as it was. Actually, and one sort of like side note, 
really quite heartening to see how busy the screening was. Yeah, it was considering packed, wasn't it? It's a Same. Movie. Yeah. But again, and I've said it because the people I work with, but a lot of like the, the young people that I work with are going to see this this week, this, uh, this weekend. Yeah. And they're very much like, yeah, Godzilla minus one. That's fucking great, isn't it? But yeah, it is. It, what it's made me realise is, why have I not watched more Godzilla movies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I think like you, you, you proper Godzilla yeah, movies. Yeah, pro- why have I not watched more of those? Mm. Because... Th- that is wild. It is the 37th film in the Godzilla franchise. Toho Studios 20... 33rd. 33rd. Yeah. And the fifth film in the Rewa era. Yeah. Like, just so much Godzilla stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I might actually go and watch some more of those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely not shit though. What oh, a film! Definitely not shit. I, I mean, I think it's fair to say that this will be troubling all of our top five threes. Um, it's it's currently my film of the year, Same. but I will say it's because. Oppenheimer is probably the best film of the year, but it doesn't have Godzilla in it. It doesn't, <laughs> does it? That's the thing. Oppenheimer is fucking brilliant, but you are watching going the prequel to this movie. Don't have Godzilla in it. Yeah, mm. Oppenheimer is the is the is the Godzilla minus one prequel. But you know. I've I've seen Oppenheimer twice now. It's going to be a very very long time until I watch Oppenheimer again. It, it, not the same for Godzilla minus one. I would have I would have watched it again in the cinema today if I could have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I I I am very much looking forward to. It. What I will say is Godzilla minus one will, in all likelihood, have a a four K release. Mm. And I will be disc buying it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without question. Yeah. Oh, right. I did did not Godzilla, did man. not expect when we walked into the the cinema to be like about to go and see what is probably going to be my film of the year. Hmm. Same. What a picture. And what a prick. <laughs> what a prick. <laughs> Whoever designed that Godzilla facial expression, that fucking, that kind of grin that he's got, bravo, it's just chef's kiss. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's the fact, just to finish up, it's the fact that they don't try to make him sympathetic at all. Nope. You know, they they do the little salute to him when he's been downed. You know, and it's like because you know, I, I suppose he's an enemy combatant, and they need to respect him. But he just is—he he causes such wanton destruction. <laughs> Doesn't give he, a shit. It just no, that's the thing. Just the sheer fuck this. You are my toys. Yeah. Of think, the, of him, it's yeah. very well done. It's the bit in the in the city. Is it Ginsu? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's just like. He's just wandering through. Like even when he's not being wantonly destructive and he's just walking through, he's just walking, turning round, smashing shit with his tail. He just gives absolutely zero fucks about what he's breaking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even when he's not being, you know, even when he's not being a dickhead, he's being a dickhead. Yeah. 
and I love that for him. Yep. He's he he he's 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 just he's inviting Roger Dangerfield to your fucking your mother-in-law's birthday. Is what he is. It's just inviting a prick to a party. That's what Godzilla is. <laughs> Fair play. Gorgeous man. What a thing. Beautiful stuff. Right. Guys, what have you been up to? Uh, right, he wants to, he, he wants to go fucking first. Should we do should we do our joint ones or do you want me to do my do you want me to speed round the ones I've watched on my own? No, we'll do our, our joint ones that are of no. I think with Christmas ones we can just go, we watched this, it's a Christmas film. Uh yes, so we watched Eight Crazy Nights. It's a Christmas film. It's an offensive Adam Sandler Christmas movie, Eight but it's Christmas. quite fun. Yeah. We didn't get to it last year, did we? And it was it was good to get to it. Yeah. Um <gasps> Fucking 8-Bit Christmas. 8-Bit Christmas. Fast becoming one of my favourite Christmas movies. I was full-on ugly fucking crying you, at the end you, of this Yeah, movie. it... 8-Bit it, it, Christmas has no fucking... It, 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 it goes It goes hard, hard at the end. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. yeah. And it, it has no right to. No. <laughs> Fuck you, 8-Bit Christmas. But it goes hard. But it's just a really fun film. Yeah. Fuck you, Steve Zahn, being so adorable. Yeah, great fucking great film. <laughs> is 8-Bit Christmas. Uh, what else did we watch? What's that? No, I watched that, yeah. Uh, no, mute for a second. We watched Turbulence, didn't we? Yes, why are we telling Noel to mute? Cause, just because he doesn't need triggering right now. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, we watched Turbulence. It's just... Great fun, really ought to be crazy. Really ought is mint in this yeah. film. Just to point out, if, if you are still listening on this point, no. The turbulence basically has nothing to do with anything that goes wrong with the plane. It's it, it's all really ought <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's just fun. And really ought has, has one of the all-time great manic cinema laughs. Yeah, he does, yeah. It's beautiful. It is. It's so beautiful, that haunting laugh. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, obviously, we watched Holiday. Holiday, again, just... just it, It's gone up from being a four to a four and a half. To just, it's a five-star banger for me. <laughs> it is very good. It is really good. It, it, it's one of the... It's like Hallmark Plus... I would say. Hallmark movies, but not shit. Yep. Um, and we also watched, what's it, didn't we? Uh, b- 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 Happiest Season. We did what, ha- watch Happiest Season. I haven't loved that. Oh, yeah. Happiest Season, it's just a good film. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it, it's it's a good film, film, apart from the fact that she, she can fuck right gets off. back together with yeah. Mackenzie Davis at the yeah. end. That. Which is like, no. I wanted to see her ride off into the sunshine with Aubrey Plaza. She should have been off with Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. 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 Just wrong. It is It is a bit wrong. Um, I don't think I'd love that either. But, just... Yeah. What's his name? Uh, fucking hell. His dad's... Eugene Levy. What's his name? David Levy? Dan is, Levy. Is it David Levy? Dan Levy. Dan yeah. Levy, yeah. Like, the fact that... The weirdness of him is the fact that he's quite annoying throughout it and he just plays vacuous camp. But then he gets the big emotional moment. 
and as an acting performance, fucking nails it. I love him. I think it's brilliant. brilliant. I, I think he leans a little bit too much into, uh, right, I, I just believe every character is you, though. Mm. Uh, from that there, yeah. Um, we're speed rounding these a little bit, aren't we? We are, yeah, but yeah. they're all Christmas movies that we've watched before. So. Office Christmas Party. Um, every time I watch this, it makes me, it reminds me that I'm sad that TJ Miller is a dickhead. Yeah. Because he's so, he's good, so funny. He? Yeah. And Shut the Fuck Door is just, is <laughs> genuinely one of the greatest comedic line deliveries, I think, in cinema. Yeah. Because I know it's coming and it still floors me every single time. Yeah. Shut the fuck door. It is that it's a really funny film. she annoys me in it though. Who? Uh b- 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 Kate McKinnon. Yes. Because she's got one yeah. thing and all she can do. I think do she's shit in this. Is yeah. just talk up like that and just move weird and it's like you are a one trick pony. Mm. But like even Gillian Bell isn't that annoying in this. Mm. But Kate McKinnon is. I think Pretty Runs a Marathon is pretty annoying in this. Think what? What? What did you say? Britney Runs a Marathon. I don't. Leaning into it. Never seen the film. No. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a fun film. Have you got any bets? Because I've got like quite a few. Oh, we've got one more. We've got one more that we yeah. watched together. <coughs> So we watched What Happens Later. Yes. Oh, oh yes. The Meg Ryan directed uh, movie uh, that is basically just her and David Duchovny, uh, who they were in a previous relationship together, weren't they? Mm. And um, they bump into each other uh, at an airport whilst snow essentially is causing all flights to be delayed and so they're stuck there overnight with each other but the only the film's only interactions is with them and uh the airport announcer Mm. and the thing is it's 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 adapted from a play which you can absolutely tell which i think directorial choices have been made because of that that make it seem like more's going on in the movie than is and it ultimately ends up being disappointing for that reason because it, it very much gives off a vibe that i mean spoiler alert it's a very new movie if you haven't watched it whatever um it very much gives off a vibe that there's something supernatural going on it does give off a bit of a vibe of, of, of that there are a few things that, that exist within the movie well the fucking airport voice speaking directly to them the airport voice speaking directly to them um, which is play, is voiced by a guy called Hal Liggett who is they've already admitted isn't a real person and it is Eddie fucking Vedder I am telling you you're convinced are you yes I am absolutely 100% convinced it is Eddie fucking Vedder the fact that they even mentioned Pearl Jam at one point in the film loads of stuff at one point in the film. Yeah, they specifically mentioned Pearl Jam. I just, I... Did you, didn't get, you didn't buy it, but did you? No, because I think it, it very much teases that something's going on, when in reality it's it's not. 
and it's just them in an airport and it, it's disappointing for that reason because all the way through you're like this is weird what's going on what's going on what's going on why does he keep hearing noises why is the airport voice why is she limping why is she limping why is there nobody else in the airport are they in purgatory and they've actually been on the same plane and it's crashed are they is it a dream is it and it, it, it's just no it was just choices that were made and they're actually just in an airport and then they both go their separate ways I liked it Fair play. I like. I really. I, I liked it because it was fun to spend time with Meg Ryan and David Duchovny. David Duchovny is very awake in this movie. David Duchovny is good in it. Yeah, he's really good, and he's really. Oh, that's good. He's really charismatic, mm. and he's not just. He's not just playing like a curmudgeon or anything like that. He he doesn't seem asleep. He he is the David Duchovny that end up becoming you know one of. Uh, not movies biggest stars, but definitely TV in the you know the, the the footing that put TV on the pathway to being you know the prime time TV. Mm. You know you can see why you know why he didn't have just one TV hit. He's had a couple. Yeah, David Duchovny is really good in this, and Meg Ryan is there. She's doing good. her best Diane Keaton impression. There is a Diane Keaton element to it, yeah. I think there is and definitely not that. not being able to move her fucking face. Uh, the problem is, she she's very good at this. But it's nowhere near as good as this 30 years ago that she did it. That's mm. the problem. And there's a lot of boomer humour in it and it, that I don't appreciate it. I don't think, yeah, I think it's quite boomer humour. There is, it, there, it, there really is. But, but yeah, I think the film is not that strong, but the performances are, and specifically David Duchovny, who's very good in it. Yeah, he's very good in it. Um, he, he gets across his emotional beats and the fact that he he's reacting off her, but his reasonings for why he did everything kind of make sense. He feels like a real person. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. We'll probably never watch it again no. because if I ever think, oh, I fancy watching a Meg Ryan rom com, there are at least yeah. four that I would go to before it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Is that us? It. it I think that's us. Ian, I do you want to do a few more? Yeah, well, we've been talking for ages. We have you? been talking for ages. All right. Um, uh, hmm. Yes, Ian, you do yours, and then we can segue back to us in a great way. Oh, yes. Okay, right. Let me quickly go through some stuff then. Gremlins, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> the Holiday, it's a Christmas movie. Krampus, it's a Christmas movie. Violent Night, it's a Christmas movie. Oh, did you rewatch Violent Night? What did you, what did you reckon in your rewatch? Uh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, good. You, you guys talked about it on the last show, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good. Um, a little long, um, but David Arbor's like super, super good value, uh, and yeah, I really the uh, decent action sequences. Yeah, it's it's good fun. It's good fun. Is Violent Night. It's it's very in and out, but I love how yeah, I, 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 I just like brutal the brutal brutality is like how oh god how, yeah how just like flat. It is. It's just like 
I can't, I can't even think of like um, how to describe it, but it's just very matter of fact violence, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's the opposite of Home Alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that one sequence as well, where the little girl basically does the Home Alone <laughs> stuff, and it's like, okay, this is actually what Home Alone would be like if they had real real violence in it. Um, yeah, no, it's good. Um, uh, yeah, what uh, what's Love actually? First first watch of that in a in a while. Uh, that film is aging like hot milk. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it like it's, um, yeah. Um, uh, that that film's not doing very well. I'm kind of almost at the point where I'm like, I think that film might be the starting point for Brexit. I think I can um, agree with you on that. I I remember hating it when I watched it. Yeah. In 2001, will it have been? Uh, oh three, I think. Oh three. It was. Yeah, I remember hating it 20 years ago and I, 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 I haven't cooled on that. No. It, there's, there's just a smugness yeah. about the entire thing. Um, but I think Emma Thompson is fucking brilliant in, in her sequences. Like, the sequence where He's got her the Joan, uh, the Joni Mitchell CD, and she thought it was going to be jewelry because he'd been hanging around the jewelry section, um, and, he, and she catches him. It, it 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 it's really really fucking sad. She just takes herself off and ha- has a cry. Like it, that's very good. Um, but then, I mean, the Chris Marshall bit where. He goes to like he goes to America and he hooks up with like Alicia Cuthbert and uh, I think maybe Carmen Electra and somebody else. And it, it's just this ten minute bit where it's like Jesus fucking Christ, is is this what's supposed to be funny? And it that that kind of weird sex based humor kind of continued in the boat that rocked, which yeah. is a film that has been completely forgotten. Um, yeah, and I... Love Actually is the sort of film where if it wasn't if it wasn't set at Christmas, nobody would give a fuck about it now. It's yeah, I, I mean the Kira Knightley, um, fucking oh, what's his name, Andrew Lincoln, yeah, section is reprehensible, like. So like when they do the kind of like three months later or whatever it is, right at the end, it really should be Kira Knightley and Andrew Lincoln fucked once. Mm. The chemistry was off. Her husband found out, and now all their lives have been ruined. Yeah, that's that's what that should be. It's so weird. Like the, the holding up those cards, and it's like I just want to say this, you know, without any agenda. Because it's Christmas. Mm. No, mate, I'm sorry. By doing that, you obviously have an agenda. And then she runs out and and kisses him. And it, it, I, I just no, no. That you is you, so. You, you, you came up with the idea and you went out and got the cards and then spent a while writing them. You, those, you, you planned this out. 
No one, no man plans anything that much out to a woman without, without, without thinking, I might get laid. No, I mean, this is the thing. It's just like, you're, supp- you're supposed to think, oh, that's really sweet. It's, it's like, no, no. Sweet. That is That is like the start of them having a thing and it going really, really badly wrong very quickly. That's what that is. Mm. And and also, Kira Knightley was basically a child bride. Like, it, it's... Like, she was young doing that. And it, yeah, no. Um... Not 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 a good film. Not a good film. Um Okay. Um I've actually only got a couple left. Um so we'll talk about the holdovers at another stage, won't we? Yeah, I've I've started and not quite finished it yet. Yeah, okay. Um Okay. It'll be next week we'll um, talk about it, to be honest. Cool, cool, okay. So um after last week's take on past lives, um, here comes Ian's uh, kind of shitting on a film that everybody else who's seen it seems to really like. Even though after this film came out, no one's been chatting about it and I've not seen it on any best of the year lists. Passages. So this is the Ben Wishaw. Oh, it's that one, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Franz Rogowski, I think his name is, an Adele Exarchopoulos film where Franz and Ben play a married couple. Maybe slight setup spoilers for passages. Within the first 10 minutes, Franz thingy has shagged Adele Exarchopoulos, comes home and says. Oh, I had the most amazing night. I had sex with a woman, and Ben Wishaw's like, "Yep, yeah, cool, cool, yep, yeah, whatever." And and it it's this like weird. It's this kind of I don't know. It's this weird relationship. I've just got I, I have no frame of reference for this kind of relationship at all. But where he starts having an affair with Adele Esacopolis, except Ben Wishaw like knows about it, and it's just like it's just okay. Let's just see where this goes. Um. And then it kind of goes in the most boring fucking ways imaginable. Um, ben Wishaw's like really, really understated. And he doesn't blow his top as such. But even when he gets to like a normal level of... You could probably call him out, your, your husband out for some of this shit. He, he's still he's still quite tempered. It's an interesting performance. Like it kind of... It's not showy and it feels lived in, but you were just watching this guy, Fran- Franz Rogowski, just being a dickhead. He's got the face of just someone a, who looks like he'd, he'd be a, a, a play a good dickhead. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it just. Ben Wishaw should kick him out far earlier than he, than he does. And he's just like, oh, I don't know. I want to fuck her, but I love you. But I really, really like fucking her, and I might love her as well. And it just, and then he gets jealous when Ben Wishaw starts seeing another guy, and it, like, it, I, it's just an hour and a half of me just mentally screaming, I don't care, I don't care, and I mean, I, you know, 
yeah, there's some pretty heavy sex scenes in it, and you know, people are haunted. Fucking film Twitter and Letterboxd is very horny. Yeah. And I almost kind of feel like it's a. We're getting to a place now where it's like a film's horny levels, but only if it's, you know, not heteronormative. Or, or like, if it's going to be heteronormative, it's got to be a guy who's married to a man shagging a woman. And then that's spicy. Yeah. It. It's like if your film has got that, it's almost like you are going to get an instant pass from a depressing amount of people now. And hey, you know, I, it, we've said on this, it's not the the sex scenes that wig me out or whatever. I don't. I mean, like, I I don't particularly want to see a dude fucking another dude. Oh, you know, it just it's not the way I'm wired. Um, but I'm not going to say that a film is shit because it's in there. But I am going to say a film is shit and a film is boring because fuck all happens and all you're doing is following this guy that you just want to punch in the face for the whole thing. Yeah, um, Blue is the one yeah, that's had one of the most dull itch. sex scenes ever in it because it just went on for fucking too long. What did? Blue is the warmest colour. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah, was just no, like... Yeah, absolutely. I'm just bored now. <laughs> and it's just like... None of it's particularly hot or horny no. or anything. And the thing is, I mean, like, they kind of blow their load really quickly as well because he has sex with her very shortly into the film. There's no real build-up there. It's, yeah, it, it's a... it, uh, Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't really know what the film was trying to say. Ben Wishaw, I like his performance in it, but he's, I don't know, like, I don't know why he was putting up with this guy. I don't know where, why Adele Exocopolis was as well. And it ends in a way that's just like, yep, that's exactly how it should end. Thanks for, you know, getting me to this point where it's like, well, yes, this is the obvious ending to a film. Um, Yeah, kind, kind of made my teeth itch and... Like I say, it kind of feels like no one's really talking about it now, and I'm not surprised. But it, you know, but it got attention because it's about a gay married guy having an affair it with a woman. Got an NC17 great marketing movie. Well done. Yeah. It Sorry. Got, it got an NC17 in the US, didn't it? Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, that kind of sure, got it a bit of sure. notoriety, didn't it? Yeah, and hey, look, Mubi picked it up and they marketed it well and it mm. caused a bit of a stir at the time. But I, yeah, fucking whatever, really. It's like, like I mean, Past Lives is definitely better than Passages. But it's just two weeks in a row with me, for me of watching these films that are kind of acclaimed and just being, and about these like complicated relationships and going, I don't care. I don't, I, I, Godzilla's not in it. Yeah, Godzilla's not in it. <laughs> um, so, Godzilla minus one may have ruined me. It, it, it's that I, thing I of, 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 of Ben Wishaw. If Ben Wishaw had have just said during passages, it's just none of this is that important to me because we've got this Godzilla thing to worry about. Yeah. And you just see Godzilla's eye in the window and then it cuts the credits. Five stars. Yeah. <laughs> five stars. Just Godzilla grinning through yeah. the door. Yeah. Oh, God, that oh, he's such <laughs> a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, last uh, okay, so yeah, last one for me is one that I know Mark has also watched. Um, yep. uh, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Um, 
So this is uh, directed by Kelly Fremont Craig, who directed The Edge of Seventeen, produced by James L. Brooks. So you get that Gracie Films logo at the start that just makes you instantly think you just watched an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> um, yeah. And very odd. Yeah. Um, and hey, look, this is cracking. Yep. It's a charming coming of age film. Rachel McAdams plays one of the world's hottest mums. Yep. Um, Benny Safdie is really good as the dad. Yeah, just like just a real good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like which is which is wonderful because he plays eccentrics usually. I think it's fair to say. Um, and yeah, I just I thought it yeah very charming film. I, maybe like I kind of thought. It had it threw a few balls in the air and didn't quite catch them. Like the her relationship with that blonde girl stops. Where yeah, yeah. Yep. After the, the 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 bathroom scene, it just stops. And then it's kind of like she's in there at the end, and it almost kind of feels like oh, is she like? It's almost like she's an antagonist now because those girls all start dancing with her. That girl. The tall like, girl with walks the moves. off, leads yeah. the blonde girl to it, starts dancing with the main girl. It's like, oh, so are we supposed to? It's almost like there's, there's not a, there's like a scene the blonde missing. girl now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, and it, it the film very much turns its focus to like away from kind of coming of age, like like comedy stuff to more drama in the third act, and I, I thought that that was. really interesting the whole kind of like jewish versus christian and um her just being like i don't you know i don't want any of it thanks i thought that 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 was really really good yeah yeah i i I had a good time with it mark yourself yeah i had a great time with it It, it's i think you used the the phrase to describe it which made me go yeah fuck it i'm gonna watch that um and that was uh rich mcadams plays a really hot mom in it and that made me want to watch it. And then you also yep. said that it was really charming. You're and, a simple man, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and that made me go, do you know what? I like charming. I, I enjoy charming. Charming is what I need when I'm watching a film in my car on my lunch break. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. I you there, God, it's me, Margaret, is, is really charming. I like the fact that it isn't afraid to just spend time with the... the the kids, it's a kid, it, it, it's a film about the kids, mm. and it isn't afraid to just spend time with those and have the, the rest of the characters peripheral to it. Um, not enough, uh, anywhere near enough, Kathy Bates in it, because she's fucking great when she's in it. Oh, she's very good. She's great when she's in anything, isn't she? Yeah, she is, but she's really good. But also, as well, you, I think, I, we've been so tuned in over the past. I'd say 15 years mm. to expect some element of dread within movies. Mild peril. Yeah. So you're always thinking, ah, oh, fuck, something's going to happen. The fucking, like, the bit where, the, where um, Benny Safdie cuts his hand in the lawnmower and you're there going, oh, fuck, is he going to lose, like, his hand or fucking something, like, something bad's going to happen. Nothing that bad really happens in this film. No. No, it's all very much like relatable family shit that happens, but it, it but it, it's done with an element, like I say, an element of charm, 
I had a real good time watching it. it it's a really nice film to watch. And the the young girls just been obsessed with the fact that they need to uh, get bigger boobs. It's just weird. Yeah. It's, but it but it works. It's not done in a creepy way. It's I, I'm looking forward to whatever uh, Kelly Freeman Craig does next because I've, I've I've enjoyed this at Edge of Seventeen quite a lot. Yeah. You know, it's I, weirdly in an age where films like this seem to get spoken about more, where it's films, um, you know, written by um, a woman and directed by a woman that is a kind of age story from the female point of view. Mm. I, I, I'm. I, I find it odd that more wasn't made of this movie because it's really good, mm. and I think it's because it doesn't it doesn't rely on um, any shocking plot points. That mm. that's probably the reason why because it's comfortable to watch. I think that's it. And it's because it's comfortable to watch. That's why less people are talking about it. It's not showy. Fair enough. Really enjoyed it. Good recommend on that one, Ian. Yep. Yeah, no worries. And it's on Amazon Prime in, in uh, 4K yep. as well for those in the UK. Yeah, I'll speed round the rest of mine because there's nothing else there. Watch Deck the Halls because, you know, it's Christmas and I quite like Deck the Halls. Um, what? Nothing. Not something. No, it's that one. Yeah. Watched uh, again was what was in a Christmas movie thing. Watched Serendipity. It's not actually set at Christmas, just the opening ten minutes are. Yeah. Um, Serendipity is fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, watched uh, the Disney uh, Plus original uh, Die of a Wimpy Kid Christmas Cabin Fever. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? It's fine. 62 minutes long. 62 minutes? Yeah. 62 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Film. Okay. Is it live action or animated? Uh, it's, it's animated. Okay. Uh, it, it's fun enough. I had a good enough time with it. I got it cleared in a in basically lunch, lunch break. break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? Watch, watch Noel. The uh, the actual launch uh, Disney Plus uh, original movie. Yeah, the Anna Kendrick one. Yeah, uh, it's again, it's fun enough. It runs out of steam mm-hmm. about halfway through, um, but it's charming enough. Um, what's our finished best Christmas ever? So is that the what's her face one, Heather Graham one? Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, you had a crack at this, did you? Yeah. It's not very good, is it, Ian? What do you think about that um, that ending where they go in that fucking hot air balloon? Yeah. Just don't really get what's going on there. Nope. Not a fucking clue. Nope. Nope. It, it, it was... It, it genuinely was like somebody... It, it wasn't like somebody took Molly and then made a movie. Because that would be more chaotic, mm. but like it, it's like somebody somebody used the energy of you know when you get up too quick and your head goes a bit fuzzy. Yeah, that's what this movie was. <laughs> your head goes a bit fuzzy. Um, 
yeah, all the performances are, yes, I'm getting paid for this. Apart from Brandy Norwood uh, is way too into it. I mean, she's not, not done much in a while, has she? Just... There's a bit where she sings um, and Jason Biggs is playing guitar on it. Yeah. In front of like loads of people. But it's like nobody told her. Like, like She was just singing and then they put the music in afterwards because she's in a completely different key to the music that's playing and in a completely <laughs> different key to the song that she's singing. Right. But when they're going, yeah, yeah, she can sing really well, but she can sing really well in one key. And it's not the key that she's supposed to be singing in. Mm. And, yeah, I think I said it when you spoke about Ian. The um, Her partner, um, Matt um, Casado, it, it, he's not as attractive as the movie is trying to tell you he is. <laughs> He's just not that attractive. And and literally, he at one point straight up kicks Heather Graham across a room. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, is that when he thinks um, she's like a burglar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's just not very good. But yeah, fuck it. I watched it anyway. Um, and mm. then finally, Feast of the Seven Fishes, or A Christmas Feast, as it's also known as. Okay. Yep. Uh, it's got Joey Pants in it. Yeah? Yep. I'm more interested now. And it's got Skylar uh, Gizondo in it. I don't know who that is. It's this guy. Oh, fuck, there's no picture of him. Look for a picture on your oh, phone. Okay. You can't not. It's that guy there. You can't not know oh, him. Oh, him. We were talking about him last week, weren't we? Yeah, I was talking about in relation to this film. Oh. So it, it's kind of a... He's in uh, The Quarry or something, isn't he? Yes. It's kind of a comedy drama. That is set around a um, like a small town um, in uh, I think it's I think it's um, probably somewhere in New Jersey. No, it's Rust Belt, um, <laughs> set in the eighties. Yeah, um, and it's the, the story is it, it's about this Italian American tradition of um, getting together and cooking uh, the feast of seven fishes. Yeah, so it's. Seven fish dishes um, that are cooked and eaten on Christmas Eve, and that's 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 kind of it. And it's the build up to this. A lot of fish. It it is, yeah. Um, I mean, you get a great bit where um, Scalagzondo's character is actually um, explaining what all of like the dishes are that they cook okay. um, to this girl Beth. It, basically, he's been dragged on like a double date by his cousin Tony. Who he isn't really that good of friends with, but he's only friends with because he's his cousin. Right. And it's this girl he's never met before, and then they end up getting on quite well, and it, you can guess the rest. Um, but it, it's an unremarkable movie. You know, it's fine. It's not that great, but it's not that bad. It, it, it's, you know, it, it's okay to watch. But genuinely, his performance in it is brilliant. <laughs> he's genuinely I was just watching it going he's just a fucking great actor mm. there's no over the top showiness to him he's playing just like essentially like the everyman character within it but he's just a really good actor yeah and that's it and it's it's nice to watch a film and appreciate somebody who's just gonna have a really good career as a character actor 
because he's kind of got a unique face and he's not he's not tall enough to be the next Benedict Cumberbatch who also has a unique face but he's going to be like a really good character actor in the background he's like he's going to be the new John Hawks okay and I'm kind of dig that about him it's he's He's got more about him than Dane DeHaan to pull off his 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 unique face, <laughs> and I like Dane DeHaan. Yeah, but he's too skinny, I think. Whereas Skaggsondo isn't. <laughs> Genuinely, it's not a bad film. It's not a great film, but his performance is fantastic in it. Yeah, and I like that about it. Fair enough. That was it. I watched a lot of films this past like fortnight, and I I am literally on track now. I am dead on set for 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 breaking three hundred and sixty five this year. Nice. Yep. Fair fucking play. Yep. I don't I don't think I'm even getting to three hundred, and never mind. No, it doesn't need you've, to. You've got. You don't need. Nah, to. you've got your lunchtime watches, haven't you? That's, That's the it. thing. And do you know what my because Netflix have not Netflix uh, Letterboxd have done this this thing now where in the stats bit you can see your fifth you can see every fiftieth movie you watched it'll tell you so like my fiftieth movie was mm. Backdraft my hundredth was Lost City uh, of, of uh, D uh, my hundred fiftieth was uh, I Am Legend my two hundredth was Oppenheimer my two hundred fiftieth was The Day After Tomorrow my three hundredth was Halloween Three Season of the Witch three hundred fifty Fucking Godzilla minus one. That fucking prick's getting in there everywhere. Solid. Yep. Solid. What a prick. What right. a fucking piece oh, of shit. Did you say Lost City of D? You mean Z? Z, that as well. You rewatched that without me? Yeah, like six months ago, babe. But I've been asking to rewatch that film. Yeah, but I watched it like six months ago. I, I'm sure I've been asking for longer than that. Nah, you haven't, mate. What are we covering next week, Ian? Okay, so next week. Oh, have you? I thought you done all yours. No. Oh, so you go then. You go. You go, girl. Oh no, I mean, there's not much to be fair. Um, so on the Christmas vibe, I watched Klaus. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Ian. Klaus. Yeah, solid recommend last year. I hadn't seen it before that. Watched it last year. Will watch it every single fucking year. It is a fucking banger. Tried to get you to watch it with me this year, didn't I? Yeah. But you don't like feel-good Christmas movies. Good movie. Movies. You like nasty Christmas good movies. Good movie. About people trying to beat each other with their decorations. Because, fuck you. Klaus is fucking mint. How long is it? Not long enough. I might try and watch it in a lunch break. Yeah, you seven minutes that can get out It's just lovely. It's it's just so good. Um, and I watched it was bloody good. The Polar Express, which I when I first watched the Polar Express, I've I've gone on a journey with this movie from being ew, this is icky, it's too uncanny ballet. You look at it, what is wrong with their faces? I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. So now I just watch it every single fucking year, and it's it's just kind of again kind of heartwarming. I think it's I enjoyed the Polar Express. And literally, if you said to me, I will give you £100 to watch the Polar Express again, I would be like, I just don't need £100 that much. It's just good. Um, I watched Batman Returns. Fair. Because, I mean, who doesn't love Michelle Pfeiffer wearing latex? Fair. Um, but he, do you know what? It's really good. Like, I... Tim Burton, is, is he's got a chequered filmography, hasn't he? 
let's be honest, this is definitely one of the the better squares on the grid. So yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, Michael Keaton is a fantastic Batman. Probably my favourite Batman. Okay. He's a lot of people's favourite Batman. Yeah. Um, yeah, Batman Returns. Just that shot of her stood in front of her um, like neon sign in the apartment. Is it's just great. I love it. Um, that 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 and Little Shop of Horrors. I haven't watched Little Shop of Horrors in years, and I always think oh, it's fine, but it's one of those like really overrated films that people just say is good because it's kind of quirky to say it's good. It it's legitimately fucking mint. Have you seen the original? No. With Jack, with Jack Nicholson. No. Jack Nicholson. Hmm. Interesting. What was Seymour? No, Dennis. <gasps> really? Yeah. Is he better than Steve Martin? No. I've completely forgotten that Steve Martin was in this. <laughs> uh, really enjoyed it. Really good. Really, really good. It made me want to watch more slightly snide musicals. So expect Repo and Rocky Horror to show up on my what I've been watching over the next few weeks. That's me. That's me done. Okay, nice. So, next week, um, I mean, there's a lot, and I, I don't think we'll be guaranteeing that we'll get to all of these. No, because there's, there's, there's um, a weird thing in the middle of it called Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, we're recording, I believe, on Wednesday the 27th. We are indeed. Is uh, when we're next thinking we'll record. So, I mean, releases are... Um, Maestro is on Netflix. Um, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon is on Netflix. Um, I mean, we'll definitely be doing. I'll definitely be watching both of those. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they. I mean, I've, you know, I talked about Maestro last week, but they, that feels easy enough. Um, and then coming out on Boxing Day in the UK. Well, no, coming out this Thursday, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, and then Boxing Day, we've got the Boy and the Heron. Ferrari, Nate's goal wins, and anyone but you. So, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think the one the one we will but, all be definitely doing will be the boy in the heron. When does it come out? Boxing Day. Boxing Day. I mean, unless we can get on the twenty seventh. Yeah, that's one plan. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll be so, too busy um, to on Boxing Day. I don't leave the house on Boxing Day. <laughs> there um yeah so then whatever we don't cover we'll pick up the week after because i think it's only priscilla that week yeah so you know we can we can play some catch up i think that'll probably be how it works um so yeah that is it um have a lovely christmas listeners um hope you and your families have a lovely one and we will speak to you after that. But until that time, just have to say thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Becky. Thank you very much, Ian. And Jason Reitman, can't wait for your film that you've produced and written to be a big old bomb next year. You and John Krasinski can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.